for jazz. Willis Conover in Washington, D.C. with the Voice of America Jazz Hour. A lot of jazz music had been played on the Voice of America program, Willis Canova. And through those programs, whole world, particularly Eastern Europe, learned about jazz music. In reality, up until the late 80s, it was not officially forbidden, but you were like almost like marked. Ah, he's interested in jazz. He's... Uh, with Western culture, he's potentially enemy of the state. The story of the Mulligan Quartet is told by Richard Bach, an important figure in the history of that group, from whose comments we quote on tonight's program. Armed with only his deep, resonant voice and slow, careful enunciation, Willis Conover lobbed a daily program of jazz over the Iron Curtain and into the forbidden territory of Eastern Europe with an assist from the noisy and unpredictable yet far-reaching medium of shortwave radio. During the thick of the Cold War, many Western countries used shortwave signals to cross the otherwise closed borders of communist countries to deliver another side of the news and a taste of Western culture. I'm David Gorin, and this is Jazz Stories from Jazz and Lincoln Center. On this edition, we'll hear from two of the many musicians that lived under a communist regime and discovered jazz via Willis Conover's program on The Voice of America. When I was studying at the conservatory in Prague, uh, about midnight, uh, Willis Canover, Voice of America, he had about an hour jazz program, and he played the latest stuff, you know, Miles, Coltrane, Bill Evans, and, and so on. Czech bassist George Moraz first tuned in during the early 1960s. And then in 1964, uh, there was a jazz festival in Prague, and Willis uh, and Carol Canover uh, were present, and uh, so that's when I met him. I remember he got like a 10 minutes standing ovation, you know, because everybody knew who he was. The strength, the beauty of this music, basically that's what moved me from my home country to America. Jazz trumpeter Valery Ponomarev's journey began in Moscow in 1961, when a fellow musician hit the play button on his tape recorder. I was playing already, like, in the dance band, and a friend of mine in the dance band said, Val, I heard something on the radio. I recorded something of the short band radio yesterday. It's incredible. Val, come listen to it tomorrow. I'm knowing you. I, I'm sure you'll just totally love it. Okay, so, so I come to his house next day, and I remember it like it's just happened now. I was in the subway and what's not, how I found his house, and went upstairs and uh, knocked on the door, and it was 9 a.m., and my friend, I opened the door, and my friend still <laughs> sitting on the bed. Uh, no hello, no good morning, nothing. He just stretched his hand to his tape recorder and pushed the button. And out came... I was totally shocked. You know, I'm, it's a blues walk by Clifford Brown, performed by Clifford Brown, Max Roach, Incorporated Quintet. 
I was totally shocked. I was totally like knocked off my feet. Then she told me what it was, and uh, that was it. That was my introduction to jazz music. That moment, I realized there was nothing musically for me except this music. I, that had to be it. You know, I had to learn to play like that, and so on and so forth. And I just instantly understood it. My whole body, my whole being, all of a sudden opened up to it. Said, "This is it. This is your music. That's what you were supposed to be doing musically. Nothing else would have been it." So, um, through the radio, I got me a lot of uh, music. The voice of America's English language broadcasts to the Soviet Union were not commonly jammed by the government, but listening was not without risk. I don't think any place it was absolutely expressly forbidden to listen to jazz. Kim Andrew Elliott is an audience research analyst for the United States International Broadcasting Bureau. But I, I think it was probably uh, discouraged, and perhaps if you wanted to move up career-wise, it's not something you would want people to know that you were listening to. Every Russian, Soviet, uh, Moscow citizen would have been secretive about it because you're listening to the Western program, you know, in the middle of the communist uh, heaven. I wasn't really secretive, but simply because I was a kid, you know, I didn't know the theory yet. But uh, anybody who listened on a regular basis to Voice of America would have been secretive about it. Because it's just not a good thing for neighbors, for example, to tell on you that, oh, you know, that guy's listening to... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Voice of America. <laughs> but also, I have to say this, that programs were jammed only when the uh, latest news were delivered in Russian or English language. When music started, they simply couldn't afford to jam the station. But they didn't realize that music did the, the same thing what the latest news would have done. Jazz music, more than any other form of art, makes a person free. Playing jazz music or listening to it, you don't have to adhere to Soviet laws. And those laws were so artificial, they so brutal, so unnatural. Here, listening or playing, you could be yourself. You, you, you're free. You're free from that nonsense. After that initial shock, I was racing around Moscow like a bug-bitten puppy or something, running around looking for tapes. And the first one I found was Art Blake in the Jazz Messengers, Moaning. That was it, you know, that's my love ever since. Uh, from that point, I was just like my friend who introduced me to Clifford Brown. In the morning, first first thing, when you wake up, press the button, and what you hear is... The strength, the beauty of this music. Basically, that's what moved me from my home country of uh, Soviet Union then, but I still consider it Russia, to America, where I came uh, to in 73. I escaped from then Soviet Union to uh, see my heroes. Because by then, by 73, I was already grown a man. I already transcribed zillion of solos, a lot of Clifford Brown, a lot of Freddie Hubbard, Lee Morgan, um, Nat Ederly, Blue Mitchell, of course Dizzy Gillespie and uh, Coltrane and Charlie Park and so on, so on, so on, so on, so on. But all of my heroes, they existed to me only in the sphere of sound. And then when I 
came to the United States. So finally, I started to meet all my heroes in the flesh. And the, their sound finally merged with their appearance. And one day, I met Art Blakey. It was at the now defunct Five Spot Club, Jazz Club. He was playing there with his quintet, with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. And in the break, I came up to him. And uh, before I even said anything, there was already, already like big crowd of people around him. And somebody from the crowd said, hey, Art, look at this guy. He's real Russian. He plays like Clifford Brown. <laughs> he looked at me. I would never forget that look. I mean, this scene is just like it's happening now. You know, he stands in front of me and his eyes really recognized me. He knew I was not a joke. He asked me, who are you? I said, I'm a trumpet player from Moscow. Where's your trumpet? I say, oh, it's at home. I'll bring it tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and split and just left. When I came with the horn, he looked at me. And I knew instantly, he knew who I was. I was a messenger from Russia. He knew it then. At the end of the set that night, Ponomarev and a new drummer in town, Jimmy Lovelace, sat in with the messengers. After they started playing, Ponomarev felt a shift in the rhythm. But all of a sudden, I heard stumbling in the rhythm section. One stumble, another one, and I musically, I asked the question, what's going on? Boom! And then all of a sudden, glorious time, glorious rhythm established itself. And I already knew instantly what happened. Uh, and I was just, am I okay? And uh, musically, he answers me, you're all right. Like, I ask, I play, and he goes with drums. I, I ask again, he goes, and I ask again, am I initiated? Am I one of the guys? Am I this and that? And he answers me very, very affirmatively. Like that. We talked. We literally talked. And man, after that, I just flew. I don't know where my soul went. I was not there physically anymore. And then after that, in total shock, I was standing on the floor. I don't even remember how I packed my horn in the case. And here was Art. He hugged me so hard. I couldn't break away from him. <laughs> and my new shirt I bought for the event, you know, for the occasion, was totally messed up because Art, after three sets of drumming, he's sweating like if he boxed for 15 rounds or something. And I still remember it, like, above my ear. He was slightly taller than me. Above my ear, you'll be playing in my band, you'll be playing in my band. Not long after, Valery Ponomarev joined Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers for four years and played on 11 albums. Ponomarev credits Willis Conover's radio program for setting his journey to America in motion and for changing his life by tuning his ear for jazz. We got to really pay tribute to Willis Conover because later I found out that he had to really fight for integrity of his program, for pureness of it. And only later I found out that uh, there were many, many occasions when uh, someone tried to push into his programs what he didn't consider jazz or what's not up to the standards. 
And only then I realized, Jesus, if, I, if not for Willis Cannell, we probably would have been listening to some nonsense. You know, I don't want to like start naming names, you know, equals to nonsense of today, you know what I mean? That's Valeria Ponomarev talking about jazz broadcaster Willis Conover. Conover died in 1996 at the age of 75. At the time of his death, Jazz Hour had been on the air for over 40 years and had outlasted the communist regimes of Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union. You can hear Valery Ponomarev perform with the Igor Butman Big Band at jalc.org slash jazzcast. You can also find all of our Jazz Stories podcasts there and on iTunes. Thanks also to bassist George Moraz. Jazz Stories is produced at Murray Street by myself, David Gorin, Alexa Lim, and Steve Rath with support from Jazz at Lincoln Center. Consider becoming a member or join us for a live performance. More at jalc.org. I'm David Gorin.